Welcome to Montana Wedding Talk, the podcast that takes you on an enchanting journey into the heart of Montana's vibrant wedding scene. I'm your host, Erica Sherrick, and I'm thrilled to be your guide as we explore the magic, stories, and insider tips of planning your dream wedding in the breathtaking landscapes of Montana. Join me each week as I sit down with talented local vendors, uncovering their unique expertise and offering valuable insights to couples planning their special day. From rustic mountain ceremonies to elegant lakeside affairs, we've got your Montana wedding covered. Tune in for engaging conversations, helpful tips, and the inspiration you need to make your wedding day truly extraordinary. This is Montana Wedding Talk, where love meets the big sky. Welcome to Montana Wedding Talk. And today we have planner extraordinaire who was brave enough to come on here and talk to me. <laughs> Autumn Cosimer with Events by Autumn. You also do Maid and Winter Paper Co., correct? Yep. Yep. I do okay. all, all the things wedding related. All the things wedding related. <laughs> okay. So first we're going to ask you about how you ended up being a wedding planner. Like what made you decide this fantastic <laughs> line of work? Okay. So I went to college. I got accepted into college to the Virginia Military Institute, the Naval Academy, and the Air Force Academy. And that was it. And then I was like, do I really want to go to a military school even? Like, what am I doing? And so I ended up pivoting and getting an ROTC scholarship because I still wanted to be a military officer, Marine Corps officer, preferably. Navy officer to swim with dolphins. That was always a dream. <laughs> Explosive ordnance disposal was probably the route I was taking. Anyways, okay. So I go to my first year of school on an ROTC scholarship. And I was like, I actually, I don't like this. So, oh my God, Guys. I would have been so screwed if I would have gone to a military academy. Anyways, so I go to college and don't really love my first year of school in ROTC and made a huge pivot the second year and joined a sorority and became an art major and thought it's like so the opposite of a Marine. <laughs> I know, I know, but I still have it in me. That's, I think the feistiness in me and the ability to bark orders if I have to bark orders still exists deep down. I just choose never to use it. No, I can't see that at all. At all. Okay. So I was in school thinking, what the heck am I going to, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And I thought, let's go to the career services library. What does a type A person who would have excelled in this that we chose not to do, do with an art major? And so when I looked it up, literally it said event planner. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to be. And it has treated me well. This is like totally the perfect line of work for me with this weird set of skills that I have. <laughs> <laughs> the weird, the weird set of skills you have. Because a very you, particular set of skills, as Liam Neeson would say. So, you know, most planners and, and there's different types of, you know, there's coordinators and designers and planners and consultants. And, you know, there's, there's this whole array of things. And in the normal part of the world, you know, you've got 
a consultant that then turns you over to a planner that then works with the designer, then turns it over to the coordinator. And there's like this whole big, you know, line of people, but we don't have that in Montana. (laughs) So we, we become production. We become everything. We become all of it. So what makes you different than normal planners because like I know me as a planner I don't do what you do yeah you know um I have always been hands-on and I don't I mean I I can delegate I love working with vendors that are really good at what they do but for me the art piece of it is really what I enjoy so I love when someone comes to me with a more unique idea or a more unique theme and thinks outside of the box. And then I'm able to actually build things to make it come to life. So with the Winter Paper Co., I'm doing graphic designs and stationery. But my my art major was actually mixed media, ceramics, and woodworking. So like I have... Like, I can build things out of wood. If you want to do a giant installation, I will build you a wall. I will build you a platform. Right. Like, whatever somebody wants. Um, and and the more outside of the box, the better. Then with the graphic design, I can do paper products and unique mixed media invitations that aren't something that you just buy off of an online store. It's really actually customized. I'm in here with a laser engraver, literally laser engraving things for each client. Like, uh, I just like to be part of that process. And it's not that, like, I I would never say that I could cater. And I'm not going to say that I'm a a good, like a, a florist. I'm not a florist. I can piece together some arrangements that look funky, but I'm not a designer in that way. But the things that I'm good at, I... I like to promote that I'm right because like, so most, so when people go, I need a coordinator or a planner, you know, it's, it's mostly like what I do is, you know, help with the logistics, kind of get your, get your ideas together and stuff. And then, um, stop making faces at me. I'm getting texts. Can you hear them coming through? No, I can't. Okay, good. I'm glad because it's on my computer and it's dinging really loud. No, we can't hear those. Okay, good. So, you know, we don't, if if the client wants something, we commission it out or we rent it or we buy it. Whereas you go, okay, when we're looking through the design process, you know, you actually go, okay, and you sketch it out and you will make it. I was literally doing that when when I wasn't looking at you a couple seconds ago because I was finishing a sketch. (laughs) Okay. But yeah. so that's that's the difference between your planning and and creative process and my planning and creative process. You are gonna you are gonna be the one that actually puts that shit stuff together and you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I will say too, the most important thing that I start off with is a client's budget. Now right. I do need a healthy budget to do something that looks like right. something you're gonna find on Pinterest and all that. But right. If you come to me with a healthy, a, a budget, so everybody has a budget, right? right? So they come to you with a number. It's my job as a planner to dissect the budget and say, what are the priorities for this day? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want people to just like have food, have drinks, and then just be like wowed by all the surroundings? 
Or do you want people to be like, that was the best food I've ever had. That was the coolest party. That band was epic. Well, you're going to pay more money for a good caterer and you're going to pay more money for a band. And a lot of times that doesn't leave a whole lot of money left over for the things that I love, which is the design. Mm -hmm. So people pay me a little bit more for a package where I can build things at the cost of materials, which is a big price difference between having to farm that stuff out and paying someone a retail price to build you a custom installation. I still want cool things at weddings, but a lot of times if you're good with budgeting, there isn't really a whole lot of money left for that stuff once you've splurged on the really memorable guest things. Yeah. So what's your, what's your process when a client comes to you? What, what, what kind of do they go through and how does that work? Well, for starters, my inquiry form is insane and very long, (laughs) but there's lots of good questions on there. And it also explains what kind of a budget you need to, for me to be able to do something cool. So it talks about budget on the inquiry form before you even fill that section out. Um, But once you hire me, we go through a whole process where I actually sit down and review the contract with clients. Mm-hmm. Because that's important for me, too, to be like, OK, there are still things that you have to do. Like you're hiring me and you can have me just take everything off your plate completely. But most people don't want that. They want to be a part of this. Right. So I really dissect my contract and sit down and say, this is what you're still responsible for. And this is what I'm going to do. And if you're good with that, let's sign a contract and move forward. Mm-hmm. Then budget's the very first thing. Right. I'm like, what are now, the must-haves? Now, oh, we we have to tell people that you are a luxury wedding planner. Yes. So by luxury, that means it's the higher end of wedding budgets. Like, it does, but it also means a higher level of service. Right. So like I'm doing less weddings in a year so that I can be there more readily for my clients. There's a lot more. um, Typically, when you're spending more money on something, you usually care a little bit more about the details. So there's I, I got into weddings as opposed to convention planning. I used to do conference planning and corporate planning, and it was so freaking boring. Like those meeting planners would be like uh, coffee and cookies and and um, and soda for my afternoon break. And that was it. And that was the extent of like that was as hard as it got. I was like, this is ridiculous. I loved the weddings because they came to you with like super extra energy and like right, they really right. cared about that first contract. I'm like, no one, no one corporate ever even read my contract. They didn't care. Oh. Um, so, so back was, to, yeah. So back to, you know, getting you going through your contract and, and making sure, you know, this is what you do. This is what I do. And then yeah. how does that progress from there? Yeah. So then the first meeting we have is the initial consultation. And that is going to go through every single possible thing that you have in your brain about your wedding. I want you to brain dump on me. Um, I want to talk through how many people are in your wedding party and who those people are. If you know that already, it's okay if you don't. Um, I go through every last little thing that could be included in a budget. And you just give me a yes or no if you want that included in your budget. Because Mm -hmm. ideally what I'm doing is sitting down after this meeting and I am able to make a map of the space based on how many people maximum you think are going to attend because we also go through guest counts as part of that initial consult. Um, I am budgeting for everything you say you want. 
I'm pricing out the dream wedding. And I think a lot of people don't do it this way. I I would rather a person understand every expense that could possibly be related to the wedding and then let my clients choose what they want to include. Now, do you do this before they even book you? Oh, no. They have to book me first. Okay. And then we okay. Take into this. All right. So signing, uh, going through that contract in detail so that they understand what I'm doing for them, paying a deposit. And then the moment they pay the deposit, I'm like, then welcome. Have- Here are all the documents that I need. Like I give them a checklist of what I'm going to go through at right. that initial consultation so that they're coming prepared with counts, with yeah. ideas yeah. of who's in their wedding party, colors, things like that. Their Pinterest board, if they have one. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you show up to that meeting with one picture that's a dream, or if it's like 5,000 pictures that you put on your Pinterest board. Like I am a visual person, but I can work with both. Um, So that's that first consultation step. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once we get past that, I am doing an in-depth dream wedding budget. I'm doing maps of the space. I'm even sketching out what I'm suggesting for tabletops. Uh And sometimes I nail it and sometimes I'm way off, but that's why I sketch it so that people can be like, oh, that's a little over the top. Let's, let's make it a little bit more modern and cut some things. (laughs) Okay. No problem. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it's just, you know, working because how, how far out do you book? I mean, it's, is it 18 months a year? Uh, a lot of times it's about a year, but I, I mean, I've done weddings seven days out. Like if I've got the availability, I can do it as long as I can find vendors to do it. Absolutely. Like I don't mind short windows on stuff either, but, but. it is stressful and it's probably going to cost you more because it's going to be my entire focus for that short amount of time, which puts my other clients out. So. Right. Right. So what kind of. I mean, I know you have this whole whatever, but how do you prep for a wedding? Like, I know this, I hate to ask you this question because in my mind, I know the answer, but let's share it with everyone else. (laughs) Well, I, okay. Uh, (laughs) I I have documents, right? Mm -hmm. I have documents that I get, that get sent out to vendors. And those documents lay out the entire master plan for the entire wedding day. That's vendor contact information. That is the banquet event order, which is set telling everybody not only with sketches and pictures visually, but also like in written descriptions of like six foot folding banquet table with 90 inch by 132 inch white linen, like whatever, whatever it is, like it's written out in depth. Mm-hmm. Then I go back to that event order and I make an inventory list of every piece of equipment that we could possibly need to pull this wedding off. And it's like in the event order. If I just go through it line by line, it's in there. Right. That makes sure I don't miss counts of silverware and counts of tables and power needs and extension cords and like all that stuff. So I have an inventory list and typically the week of a wedding, like usually the Tuesday or Wednesday before the wedding, I try to be done with every last little project so that on Tuesday or Wednesday before the wedding, (laughs) don't laugh at me. (laughs) Tuesday or Wednesday before the wedding, I'm ideally packing the trailer. Notice the words ideally. 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 There might be, 
is Walt, is my husband helping me do this? Because if my husband's helping me build things, it will be driven to the wedding on Saturday morning. He is no <laughs> longer invited to help me with projects. Now I do them all. So we're back to Wednesday, loading the trailer. Fantastic. The so, things you live and learn. Well, and now you have, you know, I mean, you don't just bring the stuff for the wedding. You know, you bring all your, everything that could possibly go wrong you bring something to be able to fix it. Yes. Which is why you have a literal trailer. Yeah, I have a uh, utility trailer. And yeah. like, uh, I mean, we're talking like stain fighter and like all of, all of the things that you would put into an emergency kit in a bathroom for your guests is basically already in my trailer always. Mm -hmm. Plus extension cords. Plus where was, there was something... It's not going to pop into my mind, but there was something that happened at one of the weddings just this last year that someone was like, oh, my God, does someone have a and it was the most obscure thing. And I was like, yep, I have Got those. It. Got it. <laughs> now, explain to me how, you know, I, I know your winter paper coat. Those, is that for just your clients or is it open to everybody? Winter paper coat is open to everybody. Um I have been doing stationery and paper products for just as long as I've been doing planning. So it's which been, is because we never heard how long you've been doing this. I know. I gotta think back. I started in 2005 in event planning. Okay. And I found some of my invitations that I made in 2005, which oh, oh my God. She's gonna show me. You can't see her, but she's getting up and she's going to go find something. And now she's going to bring it to me. So as, as she's waiting, I'm going to talk about, I don't know what. Do you see this? Oh my God. So for those who can't see it, it's, it's a little, it's a little suit. We did, I worked at a casino and we did player development parties, which is like all the people with endless pockets that like to go gambling. We would throw parties for them at the casino that I worked at. And then they would stay over that weekend and we would pay for their rooms and pay for food. And then they would go gamble. And the amount that they would gamble was exponentially higher than the amount that we would spend on these parties. So, like, I did a $500,000 budget party mm -hmm. that made the casino $14 million in gambling. Nice. So, like, we splurged and did awesome theme parties. But this so was an Italian suit fitting where every person that showed up got a custom tailored Italian suit handmade for them. So I made pin cushions that actually folded up and held the invitation. And we mailed these in boxes out to our, our guests to be invited cool. to the party. Yeah. So for, you know, for your clients is, do they pay full price for your invitation, all the, all the stationary items, or is that included in your overall price? Or is that something that, you know, you work out with them? Yeah. So I'm still, I'm actually probably going to pivot a little bit in 2025, but for the last 10 years, the way that it has worked is you pay a little bit more for that package, mm -hmm. but everything is done at the cost of materials. So okay. essentially you're paying more upfront for the labor of what could be. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just building whatever. Right. Um, I have had a few clients just be excited about whatever I dream up and build for them. And I'm the one suggesting things. And then I've had clients that are like, I need you to build this, 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 this. And it becomes like 
a lot. Yeah. So I'm thinking for 2025, I'm probably going to say like Winter Paper Co. Mm -hmm. is a custom stationery business. So there is a price that you pay up front to hold a date and build custom stationery. So I usually, I for paper products, I charge $1,000 up front as a retainer. And that is your custom design fee that covers all the custom art that I could possibly make for you, my design time, all that stuff. And then we decide which pieces you're including in the invitation. And then you pay for those pieces separately. Right. Okay. And is that just the invitation? Is that just, well, it's that thousand dollars includes it working with me. So if you want to keep using the art that I've already made and use that in day of designs, I'm not charging you again for it. You're a client continuously. Okay. And then your, that kind of a fee is not charged when you book me for my signature event by autumn, which is the one where I'm building and right graphic designing and stuff. So you get that fee waived, um, with rental items through made rentals as you get a trailer load, basically, if it costs me more than a trailer load, I got to charge you for another trailer load, but I fit a lot of stuff into that trailer. Um, So you get any of my custom builds at the cost of materials. And then Mm -hmm. any of the inventory I already have, you can use at no additional cost because you're paying for that package. That's what may change in 2025 is that I may put a cap on it of like, Hey, you're getting like $2,500 worth of rentals or something like that. But um, I haven't defined that just yet. Right. So what kind of, um, I, I guess, your style, do you incorporate your style into <laughs> everything or is it literally just whatever the client wants, regardless of what you like and what your style is, that's what you do? Um, I love when clients book me for things that are my style. Right. Okay. And, and what, and how do you describe your style? I had one girl a long time ago tell me she was looking for a Ralph Lauren wedding. Mm-hmm. For me, I like all things natural. I <laughs> like earthy tones. I like texture. I like Western vibes, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, I'm, I'm very far removed from burlap, mason jars and lace and <laughs> So when you say Western, you don't mean... I do not mean hay bales and that kind of thing. Unflowers. Okay. No. Okay. When I say... And and like, for me, Western is like... It is. It's like patterns. And it's like... I love copper. I love pewter. I love stuff like that. But I have had very like... Very white formal weddings where everything's gold. And there's like... I like blush tones. I don't love like bold colors, but I'm not afraid of doing bold colors. Like I, I do have an eye for design no matter what the style is. So I guess I I could say I'm, I'm willing to work with anybody and I can make, I can make things look great no matter what your design is. Right. Right. Um, I understand. I'm an art major, right? I was an art major in school. So like, I understand color theory and I understand like the rule of threes. And I mean, like all of those art all of those things that make you an artist and you have to learn in art school apply to all different designs. There was one of one thing, we had a conversation at one time where, you know, you were saying how when you talk to a client for the first time and you're working out the design, you have them use all their senses. Because- oh yeah, I actually learned this from, her name was Wendy Dahl. So I should give props to Wendy Dahl because thank you, Wendy. I still use it to this day and it's been it's literally been 20 years I've been using this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's called the five senses of your wedding. So instead of someone coming to me and sitting down and being like, I want to have everything lime green and I must have gold shivari chairs. Like instead of giving me defined things that may not all flow together, mm -hmm. they sit there and they close their eyes and I say, okay, look around your ceremony and tell me what you see. And usually they don't give me a list of things that they must see, they must have or right. in that regard. They're like, okay, I see lots of flowers and there's mountains behind us. And I look out at my guests and they're all smiling. Like, so when they give you descriptions like that, it helps them understand that I'm going to guide them through the design process as right. opposed to somebody coming to me with like, I have to have X, Y, and Z, right. which isn't always what they want. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they create these, these, um, these Pinterest boards and it's yeah. just like, you know, everything. And, you know, you have to kind of pick out and read between the pictures really. Well, and like a picture could be a picture of a chair, but it could also have chandeliers and the tent style and the linen in it. And you have no idea what that picture actually was pinned for. Right. So they're like right. pinning something and I'm like, okay, this does not match the vibe of anything that you're telling me you want. So by verbalizing all the things that is their vibe, mm -hmm. I know if something's going to be like cheerful and happy or like dark and moody and like they're they're verbalizing that to you through senses like when right. i say what do things taste like then they're like oh my favorite restaurant is the blah 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 and then mm -hmm. i go look up that restaurant and see some of the things on their menu like i i don't like when someone comes to me with a set list of absolute must-haves i give them like three must-haves and usually they're lost even the three sometimes people can't even give me three so wow. like why would you want to pin pin on Pinterest and then just copy what somebody else did. Like, that's what I do as a designer is create something that's special to you. Like I need right. to get to know you a little bit better so that I can create a wedding that when people show up to it, they're like, Oh my God, this is so that couple, you know? Yeah. Now you don't. So just so that we're clear on, on what you do is you do the consulting part. You do the planning part the logistics and, and, you know, vendor selections and you do your fam trips and, and all of that, you do the design. Mm -hmm. You also do the production and the coordination. Yep. So you're there on site, setting everything up, installing everything, making sure that everything goes right. So you're kind of like everything. Yeah. Uh, we say the first on site and the last to leave. So Typically, I'm meeting the rental company, even if it's a day or two before the event, I'm on site meeting the rental company and making sure things get set up in the proper spot that we want. Um, I'm working the events. I'm there for a rehearsal so that I'm the same friendly face <laughs> from one day to the next. So when the drunk groomsmen show up and can't see two feet in front of their face, right. I'm still a familiar face so that they can walk down the aisle. Um, and then I work that like the morning of the wedding, I will say that hair and makeup sometimes beats me there because sometimes their schedule is really, really early. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, most of the time it's me showing up at like eight in the morning or something like that. And then I'm there through all of teardown. My record is 530 in the morning 
for teardown, that I was still there because there was an event happening this the next day. And I actually had to come back and work that event too. So okay. I had to get it set up to a point. That one, I learned a lot of lessons on that one. Yeah. But still, like, I'm, I want it to be torn down after the wedding's over so that when the bride and groom show up the next day, it's not a disaster because weddings, <laughs> when they're done, are disgusting. It is so gross. So I like to clean it up so that it's only good vibes the next morning. So, and you have, I mean, you have a staff. It's not like you are the only one that- Yeah, one person cannot do all that. So yeah, so I do have a team that is my summertime team and it depends on the number of guests and we, we call it the size and scope of your wedding. So like the number of guests that you have and how much installation work that I have to do, how much time that's going to take. So I bring on a team based on that amount. And in the beginning, I can usually estimate how many people I'm going to need based on those Pinterest pictures right? and like how big you're going with all of the decor. I usually have a pretty good idea of how many people I need. What is your favorite part of the wedding? Dancing. Dancing. Because, well, and this is so selfish. When they start (laughs) dancing... Mm-hmm. I know that all the formalities have now happened mm-hmm. and that it's the band or the DJ's job to like take make over sure and the party kicks yeah. off. I mean, there's still responsibilities that I have, right. but I am now in the final stretch of like all the stressful things that everybody was worried about throughout the day. I'm not worried about them anymore. And they're having a great time mm-hmm. and I can actually like take a a big breather and yeah. then just myself for cleanup, which I got to get my second wind to clean up. Okay. And what advice do you have for couples who are looking for a planner coordinator? Um, Okay. For me, some of the biggest things that I think is happening in our current market is that you want to look at portfolios and you want to see that a vendor, at least you can tell that they can pull off the style that you're wanting them to pull off, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, and you want to make sure it's actually their work. Um, I do have, not saying that this has happened to me, but I've definitely seen like people coming to work for other folks, taking pictures and putting it on Instagram as if it's their own work, but they're only showing up on the day of to help set up and tear down. They had nothing to do with the year's worth of plan or the year worth of planning that went into right. it. Right. So I would say just be really cautious. Ask lots of lots of questions. Like, like you just said, how long have I been in this business? Since like 2005. I've made so many mistakes working for other people before <laughs> I opened my own business. Right. right. Like right. I don't make those dumb mistakes when I'm working with clients now. Like, and they were dumb mistakes. Yeah. But I did that on someone else's watch. I didn't do it when I was trying to work for somebody or when I'm working for myself. That's right. Yeah. So I would say like, how long have they been in business? It really does matter. You're going to pay more money for somebody that's been doing this longer. There's a lot of new faces out there that are charging bare bones, but they're not actually helping take stress off They're They, they think they're doing a good job because they don't even know the full extent of the job just yet. Right. Right. Okay. So if someone wants to book you, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, Fill out my monster inquiry form. (laughs) (laughs) Go to my website and fill out the insane inquiry form. (laughs) And the website is? Is eventsbyautumn.com. And you're on 
Pinterest and uh, I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. I'm not very good with Instagram because I feel like a lot of that is fake news. You know, but... here here's the thing about social. I actually had a client one time who didn't want to work with a certain vendor because they didn't post on Instagram enough. And let me tell you, it's probably because they're super busy and they don't have time. So I'm everybody... finding a wedding that I can talk about. I want to talk about a, a good wedding, but I'm okay. like, I know. I okay. know what it was. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. It was the seven day out wedding. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because they didn't have time to worry about, about anything. So anything. So you just took it and ran. I literally like they trusted me. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> seven days out I was like we got to do this thing yeah um I think that like them communicating to me the vibe that they wanted uh the look of what they wanted I think we pulled it off and it was still beautiful and they were like shocked that it could have been that beautiful on that short of a notice yeah and then I enjoyed working with them like they were happy they Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people get so ingrained in the details and they can't move on past the details, but the, the details matter in right. that we're telling your story and that we're making it look how you want it to look. But at the end of the day, the details don't matter at all, right? Like the, the day is going to fly by so fast. You're going to only look at the people around. Like I did my own wedding. I don't even remember what it looked like. But I remember hanging out with all my friends and family and looking around. I'm like, these are all the people that I care about. Like, right, I do this right. for a living. Yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes people with just a really positive attitude and trust in their planner, that goes a long way. Yeah. All right. So if you're if you're wanting to have someone um, high-end wedding that does all the custom work, that can, I mean, truly a fine art wedding, not, she's the real deal. She's not, you know, buying stuff and whatever. She, she does it all from scratch. Events by Autumn, check her out, kind of on Instagram, uh, check, check out our website, get in touch with her, fill out that form. So, all right. Thank you, Autumn, for for hanging with us and um, I'll talk to you. Happy planning. Happy planning. Thanks for joining Montana Wedding Talk today. For more wedding inspiration and resources, visit montanaweddingsolutions.com. Connect with our vibrant community on Facebook at Montana Wedding Solutions. Remember to subscribe and catch us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, happy planning and cheers to your Montana love story.